0: on today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: I've reinvented myself from being a fighter pilot to an entrepreneur with a you know, a, a nine-figure business. Uh, I promise you every company I've built has not required any capital at all. It's purely inspiring people to be part of that journey. So we, most of our business is with billion dollar enterprises. So we're very aware that most organizations create work. It's, it's not real. It's just non-existence yeah. noise. Just yeah. stuff. What we do is we help people believe there's another level. Another yeah. level for you, another level for your team, and another level for your customer as well. What's up, everybody? I'm
0: Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast, coming back to you here today with another king on the stage. My brother Boo. That's it. Just Boo. Everybody in the world calls him Boo. He says it works for Madonna, it works for him. Boo. Thanks for being here on the show. How are we doing? Know,
1: That 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 might paint me in an unflattering an unflattering <laughs> light, but I, I I think it's more a case of, for me, boo is a way of disarming people who struggle to pronounce my last name, which yeah. is Bacusus, but has been articulated as Bacausus, Bacoccus, but everything. Yeah, man, every every assortment of of vowels known to humankind. So that's awesome. I feel like just calling calling me boo is a service to society to
0: yeah to humanity yeah thank you for that um i i we've had some difficult names here i'm sure you have on your show as well but i just appreciate right before i hit the record button you said you know make make the complex simple and the simple compelling
1: keep it simple that's right man
0: okay good well boo again appreciate your time thanks for being here you have an incredible story as all of our guests do but you it's just unique and you're going to bring some some juice here that i think that uh, we'll be able to squeeze that not many other people have been able to give so Boo, tell us about your current situation right now. We're going to get into your past. Tell us what you do now.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chaz. Well, I'm in the U.S. Obviously, my accent is, is probably not as Miami as, as most. I relocated to the U.S. mid-year, having acquired an organization called Afterburner. And Afterburner is, is, is really my, my purpose. You know, I think everything that's happened in my life has happened by accident. It's been accidental. But it's been intentional sure. and there's a nuance there. And the nuance is, uh, you know, for me, I, I've always kind of had to explore new things. I was a fighter pilot afterburn as a team of fighter pilots. I started my life as a fighter pilot and we help articulate and help uh, and people engage in fighter pilot mindset and ways of working, which is effectively taking the lessons of working at over a thousand miles an hour and translating them into a world that operates in days, weeks, and quarters. And there's a lot to unpack inside that conversation. Yeah, And really what I quite like about the story of fighter pilots is the way we work in our culture is something that for any new fighter pilot is just there. You're not creating it. In business, you are creating it. But but what we do is we we're effectively forced into this model. It is the model. It's the way it works for everyone. And it takes really average Joes off the street and turns them into pretty exceptional uh, fighter pilots and exceptional people like getting stuff done. Um, so, Afterburner has codified that. Uh, we've taken that cognitive model, we've simplified it. Uh, and we're really about helping organizations believe. You know, we, we have a philosophy performance is what you believe, not what you do. And our, what we do is we help people believe there's another level, another yeah. level. For you, another level for your team, and another level for your customer as well. So there is no there is no real start and finish between an individual team and a customer. We all live in this fused, integrated world and yeah, and fighter pilots kind of do that, but we do it in three dimensions, moving very quickly. And realistically, it's you know, it's 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 athlete stuff, it's right at the edge of that envelope physically and mentally. Yeah. So so yeah, so in a bizarre realm at at just about to turn 50. My life has gone full circle from the age of five, when I first believed I was going to be a fighter pilot, yeah. to the age of fifty. You know, there, there's ten x for you right there. Yeah. And, and and still, this belief system is is something that is is giving to me yeah. personally. I find it very satisfying, but more importantly, it's been giving to thousands of companies and millions of people around the world, and and genuinely helping them accelerate their journey to whatever it is that, that good looks like for them.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I don't think any entrepreneur out there would hear, even if they're not super familiar, hear the, you know, the phrase fighter pilot and be like, that doesn't sound cool. You know? <laughs> and so it, it automatically has this draw to, you know, intensity and performance and the best of the best, you know, all these things. And so I think that you've you've picked not only just your history and and how you've been able to achieve individually as a fighter pilot, but now to be able to apply uh, that belief system and then all the other cool things that you're doing with entrepreneurs to be able to help well, them go to the next the level. Thing,
1: right, about, this is the thing, right, about being an entrepreneur, a CEO, uh, the, the head of a, a non-government organization, someone that does goodness, is purely selfless in their life. The, the reality is mindset and ways of working can be applied to anything. What, what we get caught up in is we get caught up in what we do and who I am rather than caught up in, in being who I should be and right. where I should be going. And and that's where I often find with entrepreneurs and you, you talk about entrepreneurialism, startups, and everything being this innovative way of approaching. But what, what I've observed in startup is a very structured process. It's very routine. There's gates we go through different rounds of funding. Everyone conforms to a model. There is no real innovation. <laughs> and, yeah. and And innovation isn't what Innovation isn't what entrepreneurs want to do. Execution is. Yeah. Because um, there's a gazillion ideas out there, right? I that's can tell true. you right now, if someone just invented a self-cleaning window, man, my life would be a lot easier. So innovation's not a problem. Everyone knows there's better ways of doing things. Yeah. Execution is. And, and for me as an entrepreneur, that's always been my focus is execution of the idea yeah. and, and execution of the business. And as a a default of that, you will you will have a bigger business. It will consistently grow. You'll you will achieve, you know, the, the dreams and aspirations that you started out with. And that, as you know, Chaz is a. There's not many people that that finish that journey. A lot of people start, yeah, but not many people finish.
0: Yeah, let's press into this because you're you're 100 right. This is this is what separates you know the the one percent. Even as we put like all entrepreneurs in a group, and let's say that they're the top, you know, 10 percent of society. Not necessarily from like an intelligence standpoint, but for let's say from performance and achievement. And then in that group, even that's because that's who we're talking to. We're talking about the 1% of like really the ones who get stuff done. And you gave us a simple explanation of what does that look like? It's execution. It's not ideas, it's execution. So someone's listening right now. They have some ideas. They know what you're saying is true. How do they go from idea to execution? Obviously, that's a big question, but give us just a couple of practicals that you work with your clients on.
1: Yeah, so philosophically, and Afterburner has a methodology to do this, and the important thing about a methodology around the way you think is because thinking is largely unstructured, and therefore, when we get creative from our our dormant mode of our network and our brain, the creative brain, and we flip in a task positive, what we find there is if we have unstructured thoughts, they deploy as unstructured actions. So, so part yeah, of what yeah. we do as fighter pilots is bring bring all that together. We bring feeling thoughts and actions together through an iterative process. And that means thinking in circles to, to make sure what we thought and what we did correlates. And if it doesn't to, to either change what we do or change how we think Yeah. But too often. Well, our default is humanity is a to B, right? It's stimulus. I'm hungry action. Go out and hunt a bear, right. uh, bring it back, eat, sit around doing nothing, Procrastinate. Uh, until such time as I'm hungry again, which is why they always say, as, as, as an entrepreneur, you've got to be hungry. It, it sort of in sales, it's got to be hungry. You, right. You've got to have something that drives you that's beyond beyond work. That's right. Uh, so when you have an idea and you want to turn it into execution, the first thing is the idea needs to be compelling. It needs to be a story. You know, I remember when I grew up and, and I left the Air Force because I suffered a medical condition and I got basically got uh, discharged, kicked out. That's when I first thought about going into business. I'd never thought about it before. And when I first started in business, everyone would tell you, you've got to have your, you've got to have your elevator pitch, you know, you've got 11 seconds and you've got to do all this stuff. And I was like, man, I could never, I could never get it. Right. I could never figure out, figure out what that meant. What I realize now is people it, is, it's telling your story, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's what, it's why you exist and that makes it a bit easier there's multiple parts of your brain, right? So the, the part of the brain where you create the idea as, as an entrepreneur is very different to the part of the brain where you try and articulate it, right? And the challenge is when you look at execution, execution is very scientific. It's very numbers and days and measurables and outputs and analytics and metrics, right. a lot of science. Ideas are, are, are very creative. Mm-hmm. So somehow we have to cascade from the creative mind to the science mind. So we call it as, and I just love the way Afterburner did it because I just, just created a word for it and it's called the high definition destination. So it's a destination, but it's not vague. There's detail right. around it, which is crystal clear. And the simplest way of explaining it would be if you're a mountain climber, you, you want to climb a summit, you look at the mountain, you see the summit, I'm going there. That's, that's it. That's yes. my simple idea, right? You, you you think of the Lord of the Rings, you know, I've got the ring. I've got to go. I've got to go put Aragon back in his box. That's the story. Yeah, that's the it. Like that's the high definition destination. By high definition, it doesn't mean lots of detail. It just means a lot of clarity, right? Got it. So, so it's, it's the, it's the front cover of your book, which is hard to do. Like it's hard to articulate big ideas. Einstein says, you know, if you can't explain something simply, you just don't understand it well enough yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's, the big part of being an entrepreneur, because the challenge of being an entrepreneur is everyone you get in front of you, you view them yeah. as an opportunity and you adapt. You, 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 it's human nature. You adapt your product, you change. And all of a sudden you've met 20 people because your friends and family have introduced you because you've got a lot of energy you're a, you're an ideas person. And, and the next thing you know, you're, you're lost again, right? Yeah. In fact, I had an email I'd drop in my inbox today from a guy called Cole Edwards, a company called Closes.io. IO. really great company. And he was talking about selling and and he said, you know, if you just have one idea and one sales methodology and get really good at it, you're going to sell a lot more high ticket price items, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we all fall into the trap, which is I've got some intellectual property. I've got an idea. How do I deploy that in as many many ways possible? Take Dyson, for example, that invented that stupid breathing machine, you know, the headphones and clean air. I mean, great. You know, technically it adheres to your innovations with air but you know the execution of that is like what the hell yeah Uh, so so first so so your idea is your story it needs to be creative but it needs to be clear and the science of execution is 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 starting with that story each day asking four simple questions and it's the what's my plan how do I communicate it how do I execute it and making time to debrief reflect on it we call it plan brief execute debrief if you're really good at those four things, the detail look after themselves. It's a little bit like it's Christmas time, right? We're recording this. It's around it's around Christmas. It's a little bit like entrepreneurs often approach decorating a Christmas tree by buying all the decorations, conceptually putting them on a tree, and there's no tree. There is no star. Right. It, there's just a lot of detail. So if you start with your tree and it's seven foot, and I don't know how many how many decorations now. You know, I know whether I'm going for the classic white, silver, red theme, or I'm going left field, I'm going to go blue, greens, and golds. Uh, But but the point is, start with the tree. When we talk about plan, brief, execute, debrief, we say uh, plan small, plan often. Briefing is what people understand, not what you say. Mm. Uh, Execution is staying focused on the plan until it's executed, not to get distracted. And we've been doing this for 27 years. So uh, prior to the digital surge, that was good advice. Now it's imperative. was Now it's amazing advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our attention span just gets eroded on a, on a, on a monthly basis. I'm not one of these entrepreneurs that has a hundred businesses or, I mean, I don't, I can't believe anyone actually does that. I haven't had any businesses that really failed. Cool. I haven't gone bankrupt. I kind of consider myself a slow and steady entrepreneur. So go somewhere where your services are absolutely compelling. Um, so that's that's your high definition destination so my first business was humanitarian um, projects and support in post-war reconstruction so Afghanistan Iraq back in 2005 so that 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 was simple that was the story so people say what do you do we do humanitarian projects oh we're post-war torn countries okay i kind of get what you do mm-hmm. or almost often it was wow that sounds dangerous and it would be yeah for you it's dangerous for us we mat- we manage that risk because we know what we're doing and that's what people pay us for right right and um, and, and in that first business, you know, this 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 debriefing methodology, it's a subconscious cognitive model. I mean, I, I learned it as a fighter pilot. I didn't realize at the time, but what I was being conditioned is a unique way of way of thinking where I connect future today and yesterday in the one conversation. So it's very coherent, it makes a lot of sense, and it gets us away from our cognitive biases. So if if you think of what fighter mo- pilot mindset is at its core, it's it's a it's a growth mindset but equally it respects a fixed mindset as well because you need both. Yeah. You, you, being, be, being infinitely curious is great, but if you're an absolute shit fight, you don't have the basics down pat, you, you, you're you not able to scale that, right? This, this debrief methodology, is, so there's four steps to execution. Plan it, brief it, execute it, debrief it, right? That's the full circle of execution. There's no other steps required. But the debrief requires its own little little breakout box here. So a debrief is is what, We'd have to to call orca, the, the killer whales, the most intelligent mammal in the animal kingdom, and debriefing is the most intelligent conversation you're ever going to have, even if you're stupid. And I, and, I'm, and I consider myself not far from stupid. Um, and, and orca means objective, result, cause, action. So objective is what you want. So from, from an entrepreneur, it can be the big idea. It can be capital. It could be, I just need someone to help me build a website and I've got no money to do it. And, and I promise you every company I've built has not required any capital at all. It's, it's purely inspiring people to be part of that journey. Right. Um, so, so your objective is what you want. Your result is, is what's your reality, what's actually happening today. And, you know, philosophically as fighter pilots, we don't get too caught up on the target and too caught up on the result. What we're, what we get curious about is the gap in between. And we call that an execution gap. And as an entrepreneur, you have, that's all you have is, entre- is execution gaps. That's right. You, you are, you have, you know, if you're a grassroots entrepreneur, you, you have nothing, right? And then you want to have something. So, so debriefing is your power tool. The C in ORCA, the cause is what is the cause of the gap? And, and really the challenge here is getting down to one thing, one cause that equals one action that equals one person. And then we make a contract with ourselves. And the contract is the last and the most important part of ORCA, which is the A which is action. What action am I going to? And that action has to be executable now. It can't be my action is to create another plan. Can't be some big package of work. It's one small thing. And as an entrepreneur, it's usually call and ask for that help. I keep feeling nervous to ask for, make some sales calls that I know that I'm going to be challenged and they're probably going to say no, but just do something, but do something that's connected to your intention. Again, so for me, I've never really, I've never really planned in detail, but I've always been really focused on my intention and doing stuff each day. So when you take that action, what happens is you, is you project back into the future because that's what actions do. Actions create the future, not plans, not ideas, actions. So if you revisit that conversation again, let's reinforce it here, right? Mm -hmm. The objective is the future that you want. The result is your real world now. The cause is an honest interpretation of of why there's a gap. And very importantly, as fighter pilots, we do that as a peer group. So everyone that's involved in executions involved in the debrief and then do something, take an action, not, not a hundred actions, one, two maximum of three. So if you apply that mindset, what, what, what eventually happens is you see everything in the world through a lens of gaps. Yep. And that's a really great, not, not in terms of gaps conceptually, but gaps in terms of 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 reality and that's a really cool skill to have as an entrepreneur the ability to identify and execute gaps because that's really your job i mean that's that's how you're going to make money as an entrepreneur yeah yeah so that's fighter pilot mindset and ways of working for entrepreneurs
0: yeah i mean first off they should if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're driving you should pause (laughs) go back and listen to that (laughs) all again at least two more times that was straight gold and i'm sure uh, valuable information that you charge a lot of money for so you should take advantage of, of what you just heard. Boo, for you, explaining all this, it comes off you know second nature for you, obviously, at this point. Not only have you lived it, but you've helped plenty of other people get to it. But something that you just said kind of just makes sense around you know being able to see it, but not really so be, you know, it, it's a mixture of these items. Like, you ha- have to see it, and I have to see the tree, and I have to know what I'm going to do here. Getting so caught up in the exact detail of it isn't necessarily the power of the focus or what you're saying clarity is. So give us just a, another half second on that because you've got a bunch of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs, excuse me, listening right now, and they're always a little bit fuzzy, I feel like, in the way that they think, right? They're, they know that they want to have more. Sometimes they don't know how to define that. And then at other times, you have this extremely detailed list that doesn't really matter a whole lot, although I'm all about detail and clarifying what I need. But it sounds different than just making a detailed list. It, it sounds like, like a clear ability to focus on something. Can you, can you speak to this point for a second?
1: Yeah. So you make a point about detail. So detail is about being very detailed in the things that you know and the things you can control. right? right. So you, you want detail there. In things that don't exist yet, you don't want to overinvest in detail because you don't know. Uh, and and the problem with de- trying to put detail around your future is you introduce a whole bunch of biases into the way that you receive the world. Uh, there's We have around 200 cognitive biases, right, that, that are a human way for articulating a very complex system, which is the brain. I would say most people have a familiarity with a couple, like a confirmation bias. Groupthink is probably one that they have. Authority bias. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. And therefore, I listen. I do. Uh, but that's just, you know, 1%. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by cognitive biases. I can't remember hardly any of them. I just know they're there. And I'm, and, and a conscious bias, how a conscious bias manifests itself to you is an assumption, not doing something that's hard or in doing the easy stuff that that's, that's where biases tend to service you. They're designed to make life easier
0: Yep, to survive.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's what debriefing does. It adjusts your biases. So, so it's a, this methodology we call flawless execution, by the way, this false execution methodology is it's a bit like yin and yang, right? It, it's a balance because I, I can talk to an entrepreneur and have a conversation about detail and say, you're right. You do need that much detail. And a conversation about being flexible and open and, and the gist, and you're right, you're, they're both right. Yep. What changes is your circumstances, or what, what we call your situation. Yep. And, and we have a term for that: situational awareness. Mm-hmm. And that what is what makes exceptional entrepreneurs. Exceptional entrepreneurs are, are, are brilliant at timing. You, you know you can be innovative early, uh, and you can be innovative too early, uh, or you can be innovative too late. So every idea has kind of been had, um, but many of them have not been, not been executed. The way we build a funnel, like the way we build a sales funnel, right? Should, that should be highly detailed the way we prospect the channels that we improve awareness around our brand and the way we convert that in. So, and rank our leads. So if we've, if we've got little time, our situation is that we're in a lot of execution of our product and we don't have a lot of sales activity because most businesses have this sine wave, right? Right hunt for business, capture the business, get busy executing the business. Oops, I forgot to sell again and, and go back into the. It's the same. Selling and, and money is the same as hunting and keeping yourself fed, right? When you're hungry, when you've, when you've caught the animal, you're not really hungry and, 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 and motivated anymore. That's right. It's, it's called the hype curve. Um, so, so what you find is situational awareness and, and entrepreneurs are really good at understanding that now's the right time. Now's the right time to sell this particular product. Now's the right time but here's the right place to find the community that's going to support me and be my mouthpiece without me having to sell. Here's my advocates and my advocates are going to scale my business. You know, one of the things I always say to entrepreneurs is if you're a hurry, you have to be trusted. The only way you can create time is to is by creating trust. Trust yeah. is the accelerator. Interesting. Um, so, so situational awareness, two states, you're in low situational awareness or high. Um, and that's what's important to understand where you are. Because if you have low situational awareness, that's where you want to pull back slow down take a breath put your thinking cap on and when you have high situational awareness that's where you want to be making your difficult decisions that's where you want to be doing your tough execution and 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 high levels of situational awareness is also a team based thing your your team has high situational awareness yep and if you look at it in sport that's where you'll see a team dominate all of a sudden they'll call it being in the zone they call it having sales momentum where One or two, you'll start to land a couple of sales all of a sudden, and then the team will just latch onto that, and all of a sudden you'll have that momentum, and you'll have this huge run of sales. It's all psychology, and it's all the way our brain works. So as a fighter pilot, because we know we have this, we know what it's like to get in low situational awareness. We immediately want to start to create it. Some days you're not going to create it. Your brain fog. It's just a tough day. Like sometimes, some days you've got to know not when to quit, but when to say I'm just going to go to the pool. (laughs) <laughs> gonna, I'm going to lie on the towel today. Yeah. Uh, but, but at least go through the effort of trying to create situational awareness. Uh, the way you create situational awareness is big to small. All right. We call it big to small. So, as an entrepreneur, big, what am I trying to achieve here? What's my product? Like, what, what am I trying to do? Yeah. Uh, what, what does a great business look like in three years? Cool. Right. That centered me. So now I'm not, I'm not chasing down this great opportunity yesterday, which is moving into digital cookie baking. I'm going back to building my app, right? And most low situational awareness is the result of distraction or, or overworking or being task saturated. So, so we have to make that decision and go, right, what, what am I trying to do? So that cycle starts again. What's my high definition destination? What's my plan right now? What am, What am I going to do? Immediately, I'm going to stop doing the things that aren't adding value. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop that distraction. If I made a commitment to somebody else, because I got caught up in the moment. That's what entrepreneurs do. They have a glass of wine, they have a beer, they get all excited with their other friends and all of a sudden they've got 10 new ideas. It's to get on the phone the next day and tell nine of those 10 people, hey, I'm sorry, I got carried away. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and get yourself back to, here's my, here's my plan. The planning process, there's six steps. What's my objective? What's stopping me? What resources do I have available? Uh, what are my actions? Me personally, what am I actually going to do? And what if the wheels fall off? What if something I can't control happens? It's not about looking at the world and all the things that can go wrong. Your fight, flight or freeze response is a, it's not set at a a particular level. It changes on the day. So the less prepared you are for something to go wrong, the quicker you trigger flight, flight, fight or freeze. Um, If if you're a football player and you're on a field and you know, you're going to get tackled, you're, you're not going to get hurt and you're not going to be worried about it. You put a 17-year-old girl on a field during a football game and say, walk across that. They're going to be terrified. Right. Okay. And they're going to be, they're going to be scared. So, so this, is, this is what's really important. The six steps creates a framework. What do I want? What's in the way? What have I got? Uh, what did I learn yesterday? Because I'm, I'm thinking iteratively. The, the thing I was curious about yesterday, I'm doing it today uh, or I'm stopping to do it. Uh, and then my actions. So, so that's important then share those actions. I mean, how many entrepreneurs do you know that yep. they, they sit there and they plan in their own head? They run through all the scenarios in their own head. Right. And then they come into this very small team and just tell them what to do. And meanwhile, the team's like, where the hell is this coming from? Yep. What, what on earth? Or, you know, Chaz has had one of those days again, oh, here he comes. He's yep. missed the left field. Yep. Um, and, and it's a challenge for, for entrepreneurs. So some of that crazy, you've got to invest time to allow the team as well to to go, hey, guys, I was thinking about this. I thought about this and I connected these dots. What do you think? What do you think? Mm-hmm. We call that a red team. And what a red team does, it saves you from yourself. A red team is engaging someone that understands what you're trying to do, but they're not involved in your crazy plan. And the idea is, is it's the simple test. If it's, if it's simple, it'll get executed. If it's complex, it will be procrastinated. So they sit there and they go, okay, so what you're really trying to do is this. Oh, yeah, that's it. And it just tightens your plan up, uh, and then we go out, go out and execute it. So your team's a great bunch of, bunch of, bunch of dudes to help you red team your plan. Yeah. And look, I'm me personally. I'm I'm notorious. I am the worst for I. I have I, I just found out I ADHD a few years ago, and it explains everything. I mean, I'm I don't switch off. Like I, just after tasking the team and and executing one idea, I'm off with the next one already, and 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 I have to pull myself back. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to say to the team, hey, I rethought that idea. This is where I'm coming from. Do you think do you think it's worth going into or just do it we're doing? No, let's just keep going. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha.
0: Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, (laughs) all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed To growing their businesses to new heights, so let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Yeah, this is powerful, powerful stuff that you're kind of hinting at here, and you're giving some some specifics to. How does the busy entrepreneur? You you said something there that I want to pull out for the listener, because especially early on in a business, you know, someone's being they're busy being busy, and and I can. I can agree with you that a lot of my success, even though I was very busy being busy for a a while, I think we all are, before we kind of have that awareness fact. One thing that I did have going for me is that I was very reflective. I always spent time, even if it was just a few minutes, going, how do I get better? How do I change that? I was was looking at game tape. And, And for me, maybe it was being an athlete. Maybe it was just me always wanting to be better. That's what I felt like drew me to the reflection. But for the guy or gal listening right now that's like, I don't have time to sit and reflect and debrief. What would you tell that person to how to practically get into all this very, very good stuff that you're telling them to do? Well,
1: yeah, you don't have time because you're not debriefing. That's why, you you know, it's, it's, it's that simple. It's, it's the, the analogy you throw, you throw enough darts at a board. Eventually you're going to hit, right? Rather than train, develop, learn how to throw a dart properly. And you'll, you'll, in three darts, you'll get a, you'll score 180. That's right. So it's, it's, it's that philosophy, I think it's, it's about, there's a difference to reflection. I mean, I've personally worked with a lot of a you know, first grade sporting teams. After Ben has worked with 19 NFL teams. Eight of all have made the Super Bowl uh, and two have won. So, you know, we we understand tape review. We, but there's a nuance to debriefing, right? And the nuance to debriefing compared to a coach-athlete relationship is the onus is on the athlete to diagnose the gap in performance and for the coach to guide it. Sure. Now, even within in the highest level of high-performing teams, there's still not enough time to do tape review properly. There's still not enough time. And, and we learn that. I mean, when you work with the NFL and you work with every team and none of them do a fighter pilot debrief, you know there's a gap. The very first team we work with, 2011, the New York Giants went from midfield to Super Bowl because they linked in. They're the only NFL team that actually went all in on the methodology. Mm. Uh, the team, the company that grew 400% they went all in on the methodology every day debriefing as a team every day they would make the, that would be the only priority and and as a result guess what happens when you debrief you go from 36 hours of meetings a week to 10 you go from not being sure what to do next and just doing everything until something becomes the right thing to to maybe doing more of the right things every day. It's not, yep. it's not an exact science. The thing about debriefing is you might come up with the wrong actions, but the fact that you're debriefing it all the time means eventually you, you'll up. get there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like an accelerated version of the scientific method. It's, it's, what, any, it's what any scientist would do. Like, oh, let's have a go. Let's try that. Let's try this theory. And then they put it in a Petri dish and, and they let it go for a couple of weeks and they come back. And it's like, oh, that didn't happen how we thought we did this, this, and this, maybe this, let's try another action. But, but we want to, after Ben, I wanted to create this light enough so you didn't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be a project manager. You don't have to be a professional get done person. It works for anyone. And that's the power of it because as an entrepreneur, you're, I mean, this, this is how teams work, right? As an entrepreneur starting your own business, you're a team of one, right? right. But then, then eventually you're going to be a team of two and a team of three the faster you can get that out there we call the accelerated learning curve the faster you can build a curve the default is the faster you'll build a business that's and with less money if you can if every person you can train can do 3 jobs and that's what we say we call it, it's a 3x tool if every one person can do 3 things I mean, yeah. I imagine that sort of efficiency starting at, at right. your your first business. Yeah, we work with a lot of big enterprise too, right? So we, most of our business is with billion dollar enterprises. So we're very aware that most organizations create work. It's it's not real. It's it's just non existent Yeah, noise, just yeah.
0: stuff. Yeah, it's it's a more cutting away that's impactful for them. Okay, so for the entrepreneur, I want you to put a percentage. You you kind of more than hinted, but You've, you've said that, you know, there's a lot that, that we can put into the formula, but action or the next action step that we're going to get out of that debrief is by far the most important because the next test then gives us the next debrief, which then gives us the next action, which then gives us the next test. Yeah. What's the percentage yeah. for the listener right now? They're like, how much really weighs on my action versus everything else? Like, give us a percentage of how likely am i to be successful based on my action versus anything else
1: okay so let's unpack two things there's there's an organization called the group of organizational effectiveness in new york and they did a study of feedback loops right and, and they discovered that facilitated bipolar debrief debriefings 300% more effective than any other form of debrief any other form of feedback all right standard structured feedbacks about 30% 25 to 30 but 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 intentional purposeful Feedback that's action-orientated is 300% more, okay? In terms of, so th- this is how you work, right? You feel, you think, you do, okay? Those are, those are the three structures of the brain, the, the, the emotional side, the thoughtful side, and the action-orientated side, which is the 10,000 hours of practice is the, is the action side. The, the thing that gets you, that messes you up when you're well-practiced is your thoughts, your self-talk, and and the feelings are how you respond to external stimulus, right? So, so if you can manage those three really well as an entrepreneur, you're, what you do is going to become highly effective, because what you do affects the way you think. so let's deconstruct a decision I, I did this. It took me eight years to deconstruct a decision, right I reckon I've, I reckon I'm pretty close. There's seven steps, right and it's a circle okay. deci- even though we think of decisions as binary, right. yes, no, or it, it, it achieves a result down there, it's actually, a, a, it's, actually a, it's actually a loop, a decision making loop mm-hmm. um, and yeah. Neuroscience has proven, well, proven the theory that the, under fMRI, when given a decision, 95% of them originate in the subconscious structures of the brain. So, so most of our decision-making is, is based on our subconscious, which is our feelings, is the feeling to thought transition, not the thought to action. So, so 95% of our decisions start on how we perceive the world around us. From that perception, we kick in our thinking brain, right? We process, we process the, the information. Uh, well, when we process information, what we do as a computer is we forecast as humans. So we'll, we will forecast a, and project into the future, the, res, the, the likely outcome right. of the decision I'm about to make. So 95% of our decisions are made on a perception when we process it, we project it into a non-existent future. And that's what we make our decision on a perception. Sounds
0: sounds pretty scary that we put it (laughs) there.
1: Yeah. A a, a perception to deliver something that doesn't exist. Right. Then we make a decision and that drives our action. Right. Yeah. So, and this is where we start to see things like, did you even think about what you were doing? If you thought about it, I probably wouldn't have done it if I was given my time again, because we're making decisions based on a, on a, on a non-reality. If, 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 if it wasn't engineered that way, you wouldn't drink and drive a car, right? You wouldn't yell at your partner. You wouldn't be mean to your kids. You, you wouldn't uh, indulge in, a, in an addiction. So there's a lot of our decision-making that we, that we can't control, that we perceive we can't control. So step one, perception. Step two, process. Step three, project. Step four, make a decision. Step five is the decision equals some sort of action. Some, you, you do something. The action it leaves uh, the action delivers a tangible result, mm. like like, and as an entrepreneur, that's why it's really important to measure stuff. So so that result, the better measured it is, the better the better we're going to do it next time, right? Uh, and that result makes an impact. Okay, so the impact of a crime of passion is an impact that lasts for a lifetime. Okay, domestic violence, all of these kind of passion fueled decisions. Lead lead a major impact. What you want to be as an entrepreneur is to make minimal impact every day, but the impact in the right direction, right? Entrepreneurs always want to make a massive impact. Yeah, that's their job. I'm gonna start a billion dollar unicorn. I'm gonna make a massive impact. or kudos to you. That's great. But but the massive impact is the result of a million tiny impacts on the way. Yeah,
0: that's
1: right. So that impact and this so that's the end of decision making for the for the average human the impact then subsequently drives your perceptions, creates your cognitive biases, and that shapes your decision-making forward. That's why we have war, that's why we have poor leadership, that's why we have greed, that's why the stock market doesn't work, that's why we're where we are today, right? Um, so fighter pilots have an eighth step to the decision-making loop, and that's where we insert the debrief, right? Because the debrief says, is what happened actually what I perceived was gonna happen. So my objective, which was my perception, thought, and projection, so what I thought was going to happen uh, relative to the result, what actually happened. Uh, and it's there, I can start to unpack it a little bit and say, you know what, maybe it was me. Maybe I, I believe that was the right tactic, right. but if I, if I read the book, I see that I was wrong, that yeah. the 75 years of history actually was correct. And I should have done it that way. What I've learned now is the nuance, which is 80% of the time, that's the way. But on today's environment with the cloud and the sun where it was and four airplanes and the context, my situation changed. So now I forge a neural pathway, which is to say my perception was based on an environment that wasn't today. Now I've experienced today I can build a neural pathway between the knowledge, the newness, and act on that tomorrow. And the action the action will be to go out and fly the mission again, but to make sure this time I... I, 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 I I do the right thing. Yeah, and if you do that twice a day, and we would generally fly two missions, what you what you subsequently experience is the compound growth of curiosity, where every lesson that you learn each day gets to grow again the next day and the next day. Yeah, and, and I'm not good at math, right? So this is just mathematics here. Is if you apply that to a compounding model. You can grow 900, over 900% every year on a compound growth model. That's the power of debriefing right there, okay? And you're right. Most, most entrepreneurs don't do it.
0: Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. What do you think that, that little, you kind of, you know, right after the debrief, it then you said gives you the ability to go back out and take another flight, but instead this time you're going to, you know, X, Y, Z instead. There's a, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of a play there, maybe emotionally, I don't know, but where some people get to the debrief, let's say, they recognize that they were wrong or their perception was off or whatever, and then they don't actually desire to do it again be, because they failed or they were wrong or whatever. How, do, how does one deal with that gap?
1: That's okay. Not not doing something again is an action, as long as it's intentional, as long as you're not doing it for a reason, not doing it because you're afraid. So. Okay, let's talk about fear for a minute yeah. right? Uh, and being afraid. So, so being afraid and, and is, is, is when we're outside our level of comfort, or I guess what most people call comfort zone, right? Right. If I put you in the fast jet, in the cockpit of an airplane by yourself and said, go fly this airplane and fly a mission, you'd be way outside. You would be afraid. Yeah. You'd be terrified. Okay. I would hope you would be. A- unless you have what fighter pilots call NAFOD, no apparent fear of death. So so most normal people are afraid of dying and they're and they're smart right so so let's have let's deconstruct that for a minute. So, I joined the Air Force when I was nineteen in Australia, you don't need to have a college degree, so I went straight from school straight into the Air Force and flew around four hundred missions, okay and each one was incrementally a bit more complex than the one before. Along that way though they' deli- the 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 programs ex- designed to expand your existing comfort zone, to take you from something you know and add to it. It's not designed to put you outside your comfort zone. And and I think people being told to go outside your comfort zone is is why we create so much anxiety in the world. Everyone watches people on Instagram outside your comfort zone and then people do it. They they hurt themselves. They get a fright and they're terrified. Or they speak to a friend that got terrified. Don't go outside your comfort zone. There's no need to. Just keep deliberately expanding your existing one. Now, as, as a fighter pilot, every now and again, they deliberately put you outside your comfort zone. They put you in a very uncomfortable environment. And the goal there is for you to know that is for you to trigger and say, I am now outside my comfort zone. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to fly the airplane straight and level in a very safe environment. And I'm going to tell my instructor, knock it off. I'm, I just, and that's all they want to see. They're like, great. We'll continue. Let's keep going. The, the, and again, because our life depends on it, you're taught all of these little behavioral hacks, right? Yeah. So, so because most people aren't aware of it, they'll push and push outside their comforts or they'll drink their way through it or they'll take drugs on the way through it, their social anxiety, whatever it is, as opposed to just incrementally 1% per day pushing, pushing that comfort zone. So, so when people say they don't do it when when they, when they want to stop doing something, that's great. Like, hell yeah, there's going to be loads of stuff you do as an entrepreneur that are dumb or definitely wrong, uh, but know why it's wrong and know why, why it's a no. And your gut is a really wonderful tool for this. Like you kind of know deep down, whether it's the action that was wrong or the idea and and eventually you'll get to the to the right action.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that you've given quite the formula actually on on data one because you're measuring so that you can actually look at it in the debrief and the data actually should be able to tell you what where where that decision maybe went wrong or what the po- the possibility of the of the you know
1: redirecting. The data's was. great. The data's great as long as you as long as you have the uh, The desired data. For example, if I want to fly my airplane at 10,000 feet and my result is that the data is telling me I'm at 9,000, then I know I'm a thousand foot low and I have to climb. If all I have is 9,000 feet and I don't know what it means, like it means I know I'm meant to be flying high, but 9,000, it feels high enough. But no one told me about the mountain that's at 9,000. I need to be at 10,000 to get above it. It's context, right? Exactly. And this is what a lot of people. They don't have the context to make the decision. They have the idea and they have the perception fuels, imaginary future. Uh, You're never going to stop that. That is human coding. That is, it ain't going anywhere. That is been a fighter pilot. It's not about changing human behavior. It's about modifying it, mitigating it. Mm. So, so just give yourself this, this, these couple of moments, two or three times a day to just step back and say, Ooh. Is what just happened what I was expecting? Right. And if it's not, then two things need to change. Either your expectation or your execution. Yeah. And if anyone's a, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you should read Daniel Kahneman's work, thinking fast and slow, the planning fallacy, yeah. you know, and it's, it's in our human psych to build plans that are doomed to fail. We are always aspirational in our ideas and it always falls down in, in actually getting them executed.
0: Yeah. I, th- I just, I, I love the beauty of how you've packaged this up on uh, the simplicity. Yes, we can have ideas, we can have, you know, trials, all this stuff, but it's really just the debrief that gives us not only the data, if we have it and if we have context, but it also gives you the opportunity for your gut, like what you are just saying to say, which one was it, you know? And I think both are necessary. Would you, I'm mean, assuming you agree with that.
1: Yeah. And don't even call it a debrief, just call it a, a flip chat. You know, let's, let's just flip this on its head. Let's flip this from idea to execution, call it a deba, call it. Call it a, call it a wolfie, you know, whatever you want to, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's not the word, you know, this is the other thing about human, we get caught on words. Sometimes debriefs can feel a little bit like I'm in trouble or sure. uh, it's it's what a, it's what a spy does. It's the intentional way you connect tomorrow, all the, all the, where your decision-making is occurring based on tomorrow, connecting it to reality, yeah. the reason why the gap is there and, and connecting it in, in the fourth instance, actually doing something about
0: it. We're going to unplug from, from this line of thinking just for a half second, although it's not going to be too different. I want to know, because I know you've built you know, companies and you're helping companies and, and you've, you're all in on, on business and mindset. Clearly, you're a very intelligent individual. But outside of business, how I don't like to think that there's a balance in life. I like to think that we're just obsessed. Whatever we're obsessed with is what we get, whatever we focus on. and I think that you'd agree with that based on your psychology here. How have you gotten what you've wanted also outside of business, marriage, family, health, like any of those other areas at the same time? Or is that your belief?
1: By being real, by being who I was meant to be, not who I thought people wanted me to be. That's good. I think that, and, and I think there's a, again, there's a nuance there. Like, you know, I probably didn't know who I was. I, didn't, I knew who I wanted to be in terms of a fighter pilot. I knew that was an easy one. But but beyond that, like that when that became a combined uh identity and, and self as well as a job, yep. It's it's kind of hard to then reframe reframe yourself. So yeah, no, I I I'll be honest, I have the exactly the wifi I've, I've always dreamed of. My my kids are wonderful. They're, you know, seventeen and fourteen and they, they like all teenagers and all kids have their own their own issues, ups and downs. I've got a a two year old son as well, and he's like a great kid. Yeah, it's, it's just little things. Like when your kids, yeah, kids cry at night. Right. And, and they don't sleep well. I mean, all three of my kids sleep well and it's just debrief. it. Like most there's a way like, yes, they always start screaming. That is the default. Yep. Like that is going to happen. You know? So, so, so read stuff that talks about what stops them from screaming and helps them go to bed better. And, and you will eventually figure it out. I've I've been in hospital with an obstructed intestine and talked, uh, Six surgeons from sectioning my bowel, you know, and cutting my guts open. I've, I've I've reinvented myself from being a fighter pilot to to an entrepreneur with a you know a, a nine figure business. Uh, I've I've been in humanitarian projects. I've been in property development. I've built buildings. I've been in publishing. I'm in uh, events yeah. and coaching and and uh, empowerment now. Uh, but because ultimately that's my comfort level is more a service based more of a service based business, not not uh, not trading not enrichment not wealth um and and manifestation i mean you know manifest what you want like just whether you believe manifestation is some guardian angel or it, it it's a way of creating a mindset and you, and the neuroplasticity you need to get all of those all of those neurons firing where you want it the, the reality is without being intentional and and having a very clear idea of what you want um in a relationship it's it's looks it's your sexual proclivities it's temperament like it's literally everything and then when you meet someone freaking be honest just boom 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 this is this is my expectation does that mean someone's just going to completely comply absolutely not but at least at least we set the rubber band and 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 people diverge away but Conflict happens in, in, in an expectation unmet. Take Israel or Hamas, all the fighting kicked off again because a, a hostage transfer didn't happen as the intention, right? Uh, trust is broken through un, unmet expectation. That whole thing about undercommit, commit over-deliver, do what you say, all these little sayings. But what you're really saying is, hey, if you set an intention with someone, deliver on the intention and, and therefore set low intention. And I'll be honest, mate, you get to 50 and you're like, shit, I got everything I ever wanted. Like I, I literally have everything, I, everything I want to do in life. Like I'm 50, I got nothing left. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so the only thing left is to give it back, That's I right. guess, is, is, is what happens next.
0: Yeah. And you're spot on with that. And that can be of knowledge, which you already are, even here today. That can obviously be in wealth. That can be in future generations.
1: And I think that's why a lot of, you, a lot of, there's a lot of train wrecks with celebrities, right? I think it's people that have abundance that early and and that large, you, you see the wheels fall off and and you, you get to this rudderless, purposeless phase of life. And I think, you know, I think that's also something that's important when it comes to high definition, destination and purpose is there isn't one, it's going to change and you're going to lose it at times. And, you know, it's, it won't find it. You won't find it looking for it. It'll find you. That's right.
0: That's right. I got a, one last question here for you, Boo. I um, I want to know, especially with the, the, I guess we'll do a little debrief here, okay? <laughs> I want you to uh, roll back the clock and I want you to pick the younger Boo at whatever age and I want you to tap him on the shoulder, grab his attention, and I want you to whisper in his ear. What do you tell him?
1: Never be a minority partner in a business. <laughs> that rolled off pretty quick, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's key: equitable or or, or more. Because that yeah. that specific piece of advice would have saved me a lot of heartache in my life. I know that's specific to me; that might no, not be helpful okay. to anyone else. But no, that's okay. But I, if you're an entrepreneur, just yeah, and you come along, VCs and people are going to invest. You, you cannot give away control. Yeah
0: good what what did that cause uh, as a quick just again debrief that if you had done it differently it would not have caused of course pain but what 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 was the pain
1: well did it cost me uh a no billion or, dollar cause,
0: business. Or, or cause the, the pain <laughs> of it
1: yeah a billion dollar business yeah so that that company i founded then is one of the biggest companies in humanitarian services globally today um and i was just i didn't know how to play the game i was too young uh, got people who are way more sophisticated than me involved with me and my business partner. And they did the classic, come on in, divide, conquer, minimize. And then, so, but look, and again, as they say, you know, the the worst thing is, all, is typically the best thing as well. Because it just yeah. put me on a on a different pathway, which is, I would say, whilst not as financially, not as financially bountiful in terms of, you know, be net worth of hundreds of millions, if not billions. Certainly a very comfortable but but more meaningful and yeah. and I think what I do now is better for the world than 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 what that company does today,
0: yeah well, I mean, you kind of said it a few minutes ago, you said that uh, this is the work that maybe you were designed for or that you were yeah, in
1: in my mind it's if if you if you run if you work in one company, i mean I had a philosophy even when I was in the air force it's it's easy to be good and to be an asshole It's easy to be the best fighter pilot in the squadron and be a prick that's easy. It's much harder to be a really great fighter pilot and to be a good guy as well. Because being really good and really successful means you sacrifice everything else for that success. Every person, every relationship, everyone you see is an enabler to your success. Uh, and that's actually not that, not that hard to, to be brutally honest. And that's why psychopaths succeed because they, don't have, they just don't have that empathy. Uh, so, so if you're going to play the good game, so, so if I can empower leaders of many, many companies to be really successful and very wealthy and do good in the world, that is a much bigger multiplier. And I think that's the destination that the universe has has put before me. I mean, my challenge is the company we have now works very large enterprise and we do great work. It's how we take this product and this mindset and deploy it at an SMB level and, and allow entrepreneurs and others to to get the benefit of it. So that's my kind of... That's my journey in the next couple of years as to how do we package this product up in a way that scales even further. Yeah, I
0: love it. Speaking of that package or working with you, or if someone's just interested in following you, connecting with you, picking your brain or, or watching you work further, is, are there video resources? Is there a website they can find you? Can they reach out to you and work with you directly? How can they, how can they reach you?
1: Yeah, if you're, a, if you're an entrepreneur or a small business, the best place to find me is callmeboo.com. Uh, that's that's my website. That's me. The Enterprise, if you're sort of a 50 mil plus or you you've got you feel like the synchronicity of your team, like you're just not getting the full juice from the engine, then afterburner.com is an incredible organization. As I said, I'm just the latest custodian of, of the brand and has done amazing things over the over the year. You you wouldn't be wearing Nike Air Jordans right now if it wasn't for Afterburner. You know, we help that company scale so. So there's a lot of a lot of organizations and a lot of uh, aspirational brands out there that that think like a fighter pilot and work like a fighter pilot, and they're very successful, very big companies as a result.
0: Yeah, love it. Boo, you've been incredible. Your mind is also that, and we appreciate you sharing some of the nuggets inside, tucked away in there. Appreciate you being here. Blessings to your family and your business, all the entrepreneurs that you're touching in your work. Thank you for being here, sir.
1: Thanks, Jazz, and thanks for having me on the Gathering of the Kings. Appreciate it, mate.
0: Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners is that It's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically, who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1000 kings. Talk soon.